This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, Jen. Hey, Em. Hey. How's it going? Well, you know what? It's not going great for either of us as we've now had to record this multiple times because we still fuck up the audio. How many years later? We are not engineers. That is for damn sure. No matter how much we will do in our life, we will never be audio techs. <laughs> we are very bad at this. It's, we're terrible. Terrible. And good thing we don't need a lot of external validation because we just know we suck. <laughs> The worst. <laughs> the worst. But today's episode is about external validation. Why you may need it. What could become problematic about it. What the fuck's happening in our culture and society today. Start us off, Jen. So, oh, wow. Okay. I mean, it's a loaded, loaded topic to get into. Um, no, but I think I think one of the first things that, like, I think is important to dive into is how natural it is to need external validation from a very early age, that it's the way in which we understand ourselves in context. You know, we it's the way in which we uh, learn to figure out who we are is we look for that external validation from our primary caregivers. And, you know, we say, am I doing a good job? How am I, you know, like, am I safe in the world? Can I do this? Right. And so we look to our parents to say or, uh, you know, caregivers in some way to be able to say, 
Um, yes, you can do this. Yes, you're doing a good job. Yes, I see you. I can validate who you are as a person. And if we're getting that consistently, we can over time internalize that to be able to give that to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think that what happens is that if we're not getting that consistently, then we start to look for it in other ways. And we take that need into adulthood of still feeling like I don't feel settled or safe in the world. And so I need to look for external validation in order to feel safe and in Mm -hmm. order to feel settled in who I am, because I never received that growing up or I didn't receive it consistently. So I'm still looking for it. I'm still looking for that need because I never got to the point where I was internalizing that. And I was able to say like, I am safe. I am doing right. I am doing a good job. I can keep going because I wasn't receiving that. So I just want to put it out into the world that it's just such a natural thing to need. Well, it's funny, right? Because I'm sitting here thinking about like as a parent, it's like, what's the line, right? And so here is why this is so confusing. Are you ready? The 2015 study suggests that narcissistic traits such as entitlement and requiring validation in adulthood may develop due to too much praise and overvaluation in childhood. And then there is a 2016 study <laughs> that suggests that emotional validation from mothers, especially in childhood, builds emotional awareness. And then there's a 2018 study. So many studies. They're founded so that mental health <laughs> conditions such as borderline personality disorder may result from having an emotionally invalidating childhood environment. So then you have parents listening to this episode. And if they're, yeah, they're like, what do I do? <laughs> if, I, if I validate them too much, they'll be a narcissist. And if I don't validate them enough, they'll have emotional instability. And what are you supposed to do? And then I have certain models of education that say, oh, praise your child all the time. Oh, great, great, great. I'm so proud of you. Good job. Good job. Good job. Then you have other um, models where they're saying, oh, just narrate. Don't say good job. Just say, oh, look, you did move the red ball. You moved the red ball. And you're just supposed to narrate. And so I think that there is this really confusing thing about like, okay, so what's enough and what's not enough? Because that's sort of what we're talking about, right? Like we're sort of talking about extremes on any spectrum. The reality is children need emotional validation and desire emotional validation. And same thing with adulthood. And everyone likes it. Yes. There's nobody who doesn't feel good with. And now there's some people that feels like overdue. It feels like uh, like uncomfortable, like I'm not good at receiving that. But a genuine like validation and compliment, like every human wants. Absolutely. It, it is. That's just human nature. I was saying, uh, you know, before we had to get rid of our other recording, where you ever seen those funny videos of like, you know, it'll be like a group of people like, clapping about a football game or something and then there's a baby that's like yay and yes, then everyone's yes. clapping for them right yes. and children from a young age are doing clapping and want you to clap back and get excited when you clap for them and so this is i mean even i was just talking to someone the other day who their child is doing ot for eating they're like having some eating stuff and one of the main things the um, ot is having them do is celebrate every time they eat and so you get a lot of cross wires and a lot of mixed messages right about like what's the right thing to do here you know it also made me think about i know you're off instagram but i'll still bring this up there are like those accounts i don't know if it's instagram or tiktok it's probably all the same there's those accounts where like someone is uh just like driving down the street and they like yell out to someone and give them a compliment i have seen this i i get so hooked on those videos because you're just watching the joy that it brings to people to hear such a compliment from, especially from a stranger. And so you see the impact that external validation has. And 
I I think, you know, to want it is is so natural. It's just a matter of do you need it, right? Like yeah. wanting it is one thing. Do you need it in order to be feel settled and secure within yourself? All right. And how can you give yourself the internal validation, right? So that it's not, you're not constantly looking for it from other people in order to feel secure. I think because the other part I have seen, you know, when you look at like relational and group dynamics, you, you watch this thing where one person gets a compliment and then it can really hurt someone else to not get it, right? So like we've seen this happen before where you like give someone praise and then someone else immediately takes that as a dig against them. And maybe that was something that actually happened in your family growing up. Maybe your parents weaponized um, praise as a way to ignore you. That's like a real thing that can happen, right? But what we're talking about is like, we'll start off with the first two questions, how to not need it. And so let's talk about that difference between external validation and internal validation, right? Obviously, yes. external validation, so from else, internal coming from ourselves. One of the ways that we move away from external validation is to learn how to give ourselves internal validation right? When we transfer that over, okay, how do I learn to feel good about myself when I do stuff and to trust myself? Because that's the thing is we, it, we typically trust other people more than we trust ourselves. And that comes from a very, very, very early childhood thing of ever, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm one years old and I'm looking for other people to tell me. And then we keep doing that, right? So if I don't have a ton of trust in self, external validation is going to feel amazing. Or if it's superficial external validation, likes, followers, comments on like very, very uh, physical, um, superficial things, those are very fleeting and they're not going to take me or last me very long. Mm-hmm. The, I'm sorry, I'm really stuck on the vision of a one-year-old saying, like, what the fuck am I doing with myself? <laughs> That's all I can think about. <laughs> but, like, right? Like, don't okay, you but think? But it's true. It is true. I mean, you and know? here's like, how I think, right? Anytime Millie falls, oh, my God, here is, like, an example. Last week, she's oh, getting... Oh, I, I feel like I know where you're yeah, going. Okay. So we're um on a... If you have children, you know that taking a walk around the block is a two-hour activity, which should be a 10-minute thing. And so where she's getting really into scootering, she's on her scooter, she's wearing her helmet, of course. My husband is all about safety first, don't you worry. Wearing her helmet on her scooter, we start going downhill a little bit, and she does, she can't figure out the turning, right? So she's just like, I don't know, runs right into someone's mailbox, falls, hits her head on the mailbox. And when she hits, the helmet took the impact, but it actually moved up a little bit. And so then she ended up falling and hitting another thing here. First thing she does is look at me. Is my mom going to freak out? Because if mom freaks out, I got to fucking freak out, right? So I stay really calm. And I'm like, okay, let me look at your head. And it's bleeding. <laughs> and it hit fucking, yeah. She right, hit someone's right. mailbox that had like an ADT security thing Perfect. that was screwed in. And she, <laughs> she had like ADT in <laughs> her. She had a, no, she had the top of a screw literally oh like indented um, into her little head. And thankfully, we go right next door to our other good neighbors, who's a doctor. Call right. her up, Dr. Right. Nicole, you got to come outside, come look at Millie's head. Everything's fine. I already had her tetanus. Not a big deal, right? But in the moment, she was looking at me for the emotional safety of it. So it's true. Like we think about like a one year old that are kind of looking around of like, what are my caregivers doing and acting on here? Mm -hmm. And I sort of think of the same thing, right? Like and I do this with humor to people think I'm funny, right? That's like a big way that I get external validation is uh, we were at a networking lunch uh, last week <laughs> 
I made a ketamine joke. You really never know if those are going to land or not in a group of and professionals. And it did. <laughs> Luckily, and it landed it did. really well. It was a real risk. You never <laughs> actually know when you pull up into a stuffy networking thing. But that was external validation. And let me tell you, I rode that the whole time. I got like at least three hours. <laughs> it took you the rest of I time. I got like three hours of, of confidence from those laughs. Let me tell you. <laughs> you know what? I think it's really impressive. People who can do stand-up comedy. I think that's incredible because yeah. you're not always getting those laughs. And that's defeating. like you have to be real secure with yourself and your humor yes. to keep going if you're up there and you're not getting those laughs. If I am, if I, I was the kid in class or like the kid, if I'm like at a show, if the teacher makes a joke <laughs> or if some, I am like, ha ha. Of course you were. Of course you were. Jen is everyone's cheerleader and hype girl. That is definitely, I believe that 100%. No, just because I want, I want them, you know, I'm like, I, you know, like I want to give this to you in some way, but yeah. like, who knows if they really need it? I am like front, I'm not front row, definitely. I'm in the back like, ha yeah. ha ha, while everyone else is talking. <laughs> and so, you know, but, but that is an idea that maybe I'm projecting of like other people are needing this external yes. value for me. Remember our first day of grad school when they were like, tell us something about yourself. And you said, like, I really want people to feel comfortable around me. And then another girl made fun of you. <laughs> yes. And for, now the record, that I, for the record, that girl dropped out of the program two months in. But also for the record, I think that was I, I grew so much from that point to understand that that's not my responsibility. Yes. But uh, whoa, did that take a lot of work? <laughs> fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash chicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash chicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash chicks. 
I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Well, and it's, but it's this other part that I'm thinking about, like, we're not just talking about caregivers, we're talking about someone like older or someone we respect, right? That like, we would, when we would sit in supervision, I would always want my supervisor to like, tell me like, you know, fucking like pat my ass and tell me how goddamn good I'm doing. And I think that we want that from people because we want other people to tell us that we're doing okay in this world. And I think, I think the times in which we feel or the things that maybe we feel more insecure in, it's more likely that we're going to want that external validation, right? Like where, especially in grad school, right? When we were very green as therapists, we're looking for someone to say, no, you're doing a good job. When we're we're kind of that one-year-old, when you're like a green therapist, not knowing what you're doing, kind of wobbling around saying like, am I doing okay? You know, you're wanting that validation so much more because yeah. you don't feel settled in what you're doing yet. And I think, you know, the times in your life where you feel maybe the most insecure in what you're doing, it's it's more natural to want that external validation because it's it's so much harder to give it to yourself you know so so the times in which giving yourself internal validation is really challenging because you haven't gone through something before if you're in a new job or you're in a new relationship right where you don't have the ability to give yourself that internal validation yet it's so much more likely that you're going to want it and look for it externally yeah okay so so somebody said how to not need it you might not need it but you're still going to desire it so let's make sure we understand the difference between wants and need right so how to not need it okay so what are the other ways i get those needs met what are the other ways that I feel secure in um, how I'm functioning, what I'm doing, and to understand what is the function of why am I seeking external validation? Am I seeking it because it gives me a high for three hours? Well, you can just go learn a new hobby and create some mastery, and that'll also give it to you too, right? Like, so do I need to replace it and understand the position behind it? So how to not need it's going to come from also learning to give it internally. That's what we're talking about here, right? To really work on that internal system of validating yourself and giving yourself self-compassion. Hey, I am human. And so if if I'm not doing my best, if I'm not doing this stuff, like that's really normal too. 
And giving yourself the acknowledgement of what is it that I'm, I'm maybe not feeling so secure in? Like, what do I not feel settled in right now? And is this okay? Is it okay for me to not feel settled in this one domain? Is it something that I'm going to mm-hmm. move out of? Am I going to create more mastery in this specific area of my life? Is it just because this is new? You know, you hear about this in in new relationships all the time, where when you're in a new relationship and you're looking for that validation, it is so natural to want that when you really care about something or someone. And that's why we're so obsessed with labels. Please tell tell me that you're my partner. Please tell me that we're exclusive, right? Like, because this feels so important. And this is where I get security within the heteronormative framework. Right. Right. And it's it is. It's natural to want that because it's new and you're not feeling secure. Um, or if your marriage is struggling and so, right? If you're ever in a point of time in your relationship where you're not feeling settled or secure, it is natural to be looking for that. And it's okay. And I think so often we say to ourselves, like, am I needy for wanting that? Is there something wrong with me? Is this because I've gone through all the shit in the past? No, like sometimes in a new relationship, you're just going to need that. Or if you're feeling insecure in your relationship, you're not feeling settled or close, you might be looking for that more. And so just acknowledging what's underneath that need for external validation Mm -hmm. can also be really significant. So let's talk about anxiety then too, because if you're someone who is highly anxious and especially highly anxious in relationships, you might grab onto this, right? When you do not feel grounded in yourself, when you feel highly anxious, you are looking for something else to ground and root you. Yes. The issue is then that person can take that away and it doesn't last for forever. And so it's going to be a temporary relief that's not going to help you long term. Yeah. Because when you're anxious, you're feeling so out of control. Yeah. And when you're looking to soothe that anxiety with someone else, that thing that you're getting is also out of your control, Mm -hmm. right? So you're trying to control these feelings of feeling out of control by something else that's also out of your control. And if you keep looking for it externally, that will never be in your control. Yeah. You're never going to be get, able to get it on demand. The thing that you can get on demand is the internal validation, yeah. your ability to self-soothe, your ability to work through those feelings of anxiety. But if you're someone who feels really anxious and looks for that self-soothing outside of yourself, you're always going to be chomping at the bit. Yeah. Okay, so let's here's t- let's take an example here. I'm also trying to be highly aware if we record this about me talking. I'm trying to not talk a ton of shit on social media because I also am understanding that tons of people create amazing relationships on social media. Yes. And there's a part of me that keeps wanting to make snark comments about likes and follower counts. And so what's the like in between there? I think that, Every, you know, we say this all the time, but it's it is important to highlight that everything we talk about is not black and black yeah. or white. You know, like everything exists on a spectrum. And just because there's one piece of social media doesn't mean it it doesn't have incredible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pieces about it, too, that allow you to connect with people, build your business, you know, like really be able to, you know, be vulnerable too on social media. I think yeah. there's space for that, too. And so I think that's a good disclaimer to be able to say that nothing is black or white when we talk about yeah. it. It's because I see this right. As you all know, I love Reddit. And like 
The people <laughs> that talk, if you hang out in Instagram comments, people are fucking mean to each other. Yeah. If you go to Reddit, people are so nice. If there's like someone who like says something like slightly out of line on Reddit or like there's some like miscommunication, people are so quick to be like, oh, I'm really sorry. I misunderstood you. Like, you know. Now I understand what you're saying. Like, I've never seen anything like it because I never saw that on Instagram. What do and you on think Facebook, people is? are assholes to each other, too. Yeah. What do you think the difference is? Do you think because it's less, like, personal? People yes. aren't posting yet. Yeah. It's not. It's a, It's more anonymous. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not personal pictures of myself. It's not, like, usually, like, my own people. Like, it's, like, create. It's, like, you get to be who you want to be, not who you're trying to be on Instagram. Does that make wow. sense? Yeah. Well, and I, I can imagine that it's less, you know, you would get less defensive if a comment doesn't feel so personal to you, yes. right? If it's not like about under a picture of you doing something. Exactly, right? Like, it's like, we're all sort of here on this like common thread, right, about infertility and people. It's like very supportive. So, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it that feels less performative, I guess, because mm, okay. it's also like not your picture and name. Yeah. Right? Like, so there is something that I have just, like, you know, as someone who's sort of a lurker on all these things, that's, like, I can notice this difference. But I also look, you know, people that are so obsessed with the likes and the follows, to me, it just feels, um, it feels risky. That's what it feels like to me. It feels scary and risky to me because it feels like it can all be taken away in a second. And that's what I think is really scary to me to think about. And it brings me back to something that Brene Brown talks about in The Gift of Imperfections, where she says that in her pocket, she has a list of four names. And it's the four people that will surround her with love no matter how much she fucks up. And I think that that is so much more significant, right? If I think about the people close to me in my life that are very, very important people to me, a compliment from that, from them, means so much more than somebody random on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the social media stuff is so fleeting, right? Like that they're... That's my fear for people, yeah. Yeah, and I think think whoever created social media, they're just geniuses because they play off our natural need for external validation. And so the question is how to not need it. Like there are apps that are specifically made to play off your survival need for external validation. Yes. So fucked up, you know, but it's just... Was that that how it started though? I don't think so. No, but I think that, you know... What happened? It (laughs) developed into that, you know? So I think it started with connection. Yeah. Right? I think that's how all of this tries to start. Yeah. But part of connection ends up being external validation in a lot of ways. And so I think that we get that quick dopamine hit from getting those likes, the follower requests, the comments. And it's risky because we're always going to be looking for more because it's so quick. It's not a, it's not something you can internalize in the same way as someone who you love and you feel really safe with giving you a compliment who really knows who you are. Yeah. And so it's not the connection that I think we're really looking for or seeking, but our brain is telling us you need this and this will give that to you. And so Mm -hmm. it's so quick. And I think that's where I love the word risky because I think it does end up being risky because you can fall into a bit of a rabbit hole with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Okay. So I know that I just went off on a tangent there. So 
Is that your tangent noise? I guess so. It was bad, I though. It. I liked it. Um, it was like a drum. I, don't give me external validation for that. I should not do that again. <laughs> Someone said, how much is too much? I think it's different for everyone. Right. I think you should say to yourself, if I find myself, if I'm in a group of people and I'm trying really hard to get it or if I'm fishing for it, it's probably too much. How much is it affecting your life? Like, are you able to give it to yourself? Right. Is there a balance? Is it sustainable? Yeah. Is it sustainable? Right. What's the reason why you're looking for external validation? Once again, is it because you're in a specific phase of your life? Is it, or is it constant? Like, are you constantly needing it? Are you constantly looking for it? Do you never feel like you have enough? Mm. That would be my question. Are you always feeling like you need more and more and more in order to feel settled within yourself? If, if your answer to that is yes, I, I always need it. I need more and more and more, or I start to feel sad, lonely, uh, bad about myself, whatever starts, start to notice the feelings that come up when you're not getting it. That I would say, then you're using it in a way that, um, you know, we can start to look at and change and you can start to more so internalize those feelings for yourself. Okay. Example of when it's helpful and when it isn't, right? So like, so let's go back to this level again. So if I can, if I find myself fishing for it, if I find myself that if my partner doesn't give it to me, I'm really upset, right? If I walk out in a new outfit or come get my hair done. Yeah, sure. You, of course, want someone to say something that feels good for all of us. But if they don't, Am I like devastated? Like, wow, no one noticed that I got my haircut, right? Like instead walk in and be like, holy shit, I got my haircut. I love it. Do you like it? Don't I look good? Right? Like you can bring holy that shit, shit up. <laughs> Barge into a room. Wait, holy you, shit, I got my haircut right now. <laughs> holy shit, everyone. I got my haircut. But I would do that and you know it. <laughs> Thousand percent. Because I got to get my needs met. I just love that picture. And if you don't do that the next time I see you in person, we're done. <laughs> I'm going to chop off more of my hair just to do just, just to, to do have it. Have this interaction. If you could give yourself like a bowl cut. Yeah. I would really appreciate it. Stop. That would be well, it's listen, I had a mullet for most of my childhood. So no one was complimenting that haircut. I don't know. Mullets, mullets were in back then. <laughs> so you don't know that. Is it true? Is it true that no one was complimenting it? Maybe people were like, damn, look at that cool mullet. I was really into rat tails. My brother, I think my brother had a rat tail. I'm going to text him right after this. But I I'm feel, <laughs> I think he had a rat tail that also had a bead at the end of it. No. I don't know if that's true. I'm going to ask him. Anyway, I can't remember if it's him or his best friends, but that one of them had this. Die. Yes. Um, Your brother yeah, I re- didn't have a rat tail? No, but he did have a mushroom cut. Oh, remember well, that? No, oh, f- that was hot. That's like JTT style. Yeah, it was like very JTT. But um, we have very poofy hair in our family. So like, you know, it wasn't the same. We were just <laughs> a poof. Well, poofy because yeah, also JTT had like the, like the blonde tips. Exactly. And, like, it was exactly. like a whole the thing, frosted right? tips. Um, but yeah, no, rat tails were definitely in. I just, I, I talked to my brother about that the other day. I was like, do you remember the time where I really liked rat tails when we were younger? He was like, yeah, what was going on there? Like, I don't know. <laughs> We had a whole conversation about it. <laughs> so, so moral of the story is there's something for everyone. That's, I don't know. I don't. Was that the moral of the story? What? That's the moral <laughs> of my story. <laughs> so if you walk in with a bowl cut. Okay. That's another. I'm going to bring this back around. Ready? <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'd love to say save this one. 
<laughs> okay. Um, because I think we got to talk about too the fact that just because one person can can't validate you doesn't mean another one can't can. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So if you walk in with a bowl cut, right, Mm -hmm. there might be five people in the room who have five different opinions about that bowl cut. (laughs) One of those people might be, I fucking love a bowl cut. Your bowl cut looks beautiful. Or, right? I think the risk is that most people say nothing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I think the thing is that we're all struggling with like the real, I keep saying risk because I think that's, that is my feeling about external validation is that there is a risk if it's that important to you that one, somebody shits on it. Two, they say nothing and you feel like isolated, right? Like only if you're already feeling insecure about it, right? Because otherwise it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. You know? I'm also someone because of my own ex- lived experience with the eating disorder and my professional experience with working with so many folks with eating disorders. The other thing is I see it as very risky to compliment certain stuff because yes. it can often create a negative feedback loop of behavior, yes. which is one of the reasons why I'm not going to comment on someone's body, right? I'm going to say like, oh, you look like you have a lot of energy or you look like really happy or right. Like those are all things that I would like be happy to compliment. But I think there was like certain people that, especially when there was like intentional weight loss, um, they're really looking for external validation. Yeah. And that's risky because sometimes they are not doing it in a healthy way. And I'm not going to contribute to that. I completely agree with you. And anytime I hear someone say or comment in a positive way, oh, you look so great. Like, did you? I am. I am cringing. Because so, yeah, because you don't know what's going on with that person. You don't know what's going on and you don't know how they're losing that way. You don't know what's happening. But there's so many ways that that can be interpreted, too. Yeah. But I think for certain people, like sometimes if they're doing stuff like that for external validation, that can feel crushing that somebody doesn't say anything about how you look because that's so important to you. You and I aren't like super into how we look, actually. Right. (laughs) We're really into our business. That's it. <laughs> if someone says, I love your business, I am flying high. <laughs> flying high. <laughs> I am thirsty for more, baby. <laughs> well, okay. That brings up another thing. Like when you're pouring yourself into something. Ah, risk. Right? Risk, risk, risk. Risk, risk, risk. But when you're pouring yourself into something to hear that it's acknowledged, right? It's kind of like at home. Like if you're pouring, I clean the homes, your partner comes home and they say, oh my God, it looks so beautiful in here. And you're like, oh, it feels so good. This is acknowledged in some way. It makes me think back to kind of what you were saying, how the Montessori um, way of kind of raising your children is to just narrate Mm -hmm. and that it's not about, oh, you're doing such a good job, but it's I acknowledge you. Yeah, you clean the whole kitchen. You clean the kitchen like that in and of itself. You don't have to say like, it smells amazing in here. You did such a great job, but you clean the kitchen. Just the acknowledgement in and of itself is validation. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's funny, my my couples therapist calls it giving an attaboy. She always says, you're not you're not giving Aaron enough attaboys. <laughs> like, here, attaboy. Like, yeah, like yeah, pat yeah, him yeah, on yeah. the back, right? <laughs> and, and when it comes to your relationship, to be on the same page about what each other knows. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, so it's different for like, Jen, you and I have a relationship. You know the places I might need like a little extra like attaboy. An attaboy. I, I know the places for you. 
And that's great. But if I'm looking for it from people that don't matter or who I'm never going to get it from. Yeah. Let's talk about if you have a parent that is never going to give you those things and you keep looking for it mm-hmm. and you keep hoping and praying they're going to give it to you one day. If I get as tiny as possible, my mom will finally tell me I'm pretty. If I uh, graduate the top of my class, even uh, with a mood disorder um, and wanting like and being totally fucking depressed, finally, my parents will say something, right? Like, what is the reason of why I am chasing this and who is this about getting it from? And with a parent specifically, right, we're it, that is a childhood wound that is coming up for you. I am looking for my parents to accept me. It is, it is survival as a child mm-hmm. to feel connected to your parents or your caregivers. And if you're not getting that, your nervous system is always heightened, right? So I'm going to keep changing this thing about me so that I can receive that from my parents finally, so that I can feel acceptance, so that I can make it through. But the thing that we have to get to is that The reason why your parents can't give that to you is not because of who you are. It is because of them and the fact that they have not been able to give that to themselves. They have not internalized that for themselves. Maybe their parents didn't give that to them. And this is how it gets passed down generations. This is a time I really wish once again you watched freaking Ted Lasso. And I don't know how many times we have to have I started this. I started the other day okay. and then I got distracted. I need you to not be distracted. I know that it is not as traumatizing enough as your preferred shows. <laughs> It's a little too happy for you. I understand that. It's a little. I told Emily the other day. I was like, it's a little bouncy. It's a little for me. bouncy. Yes, yeah, so I know it's a little bit too happy for you. But there is this really great. There was a really great interaction you watch. This guy Nathan Shelley, who it like starts out as like the locker room attendant guy, and like, um, and Ted Coach Lasso ends up like really taking a like to him, encourages him. He turns out to have great um eyes and skills when it comes to coaching. Um, he ends up as a coach, and you watch him go back and forth desperately wanting his father's attention the one day he's like on the front of the newspaper and his dad ignores it completely and then and he got this external validation from ted lasso but then ted lasso starts like concentrating on something else that he has going on and then nathan's not getting it from him and he feels totally fucking crushed and then because he's so fucking mad about this getting ripped from him, not realizing it's because he has displaced this from his own father, he ends up like fucking the team over and there's like this whole other thing that happens, right? But it's actually a very, very good example about when external validation can sort of become risky. Right? Oh, yeah. Because really what he had did is he had put the needs he wanted from his father onto Coach Lasso, blah, 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 right? Here's the psychological part of it. And if you have been always wanting this for your parents, let's say that you grew up in a house that you only got complimented from your parents. If you like lost a lot of weight or you were really small, right? You're going to keep wanting that from people. Or if your grades were the best, or if you were on the top of your sport that you played, or you took care of all your brothers and sisters and made your parents' life easier, you're going to keep replaying that. Yeah. So what is the need? What is the point of why we're doing this? What am I getting out of it? And is it actually working? And how do I start to give that to myself, right? Yep. Because if you never received it from your parents and you're never going to receive it from your parents because of their wounds, mm-hmm. that inner child work is so important to be able to do so that you can start to explain to your inner child that you not receiving that was not about who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. You are not deficient in some way. It is not 
important for you to achieve in order to have worth, you inherently have worth. Yeah. And just because your parents could not give that to themselves and therefore could not give that to you does not mean you cannot start to give that to yourself as an adult. And that is where the reparenting your inner child comes in. Yeah. And so to think about what is it, what kind of validation did I need from my parents that they're not going to give to me? And how can I start giving that to myself? What does that look like for me? Is it to be able to tell myself I do still have worth, even if I'm not achieving in some way? Is it to tell myself I have worth no matter what my body looks like? Is it to tell myself I have worth whether I'm in a relationship or not, right? To be able to tell yourself over and over and over again, I inherently have worth for just being who I am is reparenting your inner child in a way that's going to really help you. And it just takes some time. We have to get to Dear Evan Jed. I'm ready. Well. Dear Em and Jen, why am I always comparing myself to others? I'm deciding if I'm going to have an only child and constantly looking to find others to validate my decision. Did Nikki fucking choose this question on purpose? This is rude. It's like a personal attack. (laughs) Yeah, you can answer this one. Oh, God. (laughs) Do you want to feel a little activated? Yeah, I feel like choosing to have an only child is like seen as selfish in some ways the way that like choosing to be child free is the same way that you get the reason you're comparing yourself to others is because it's true like this there's somebody that feels inherently wrong about this right it sounds like you're saying like this feels like maybe selfish um self-centered like any of those things like there's some narrative about what making the decision means i think similar to like being child free because you actually get a lot of comments from people. The amount of people that say, like, well, don't you want Millie to have a sibling? And then I say, well, I've tried and I've had four fucking miscarriages. Um, <laughs> they're like, well, have you thought about other ways? What about adoption? Right? Like, people are so quick to be like, well, what about this other thing? Don't give up. And it's like, well, wait a second. Like, why? What would be so bad at having only one child? Right. And so when you compare yourself to others, it's because I'm trying to, like, feel like I'm fucking okay. Yeah. I'm trying to feel like I exist and fit somewhere and I'm not seen because also when you're not that, I think there's like, there's an interesting thing that happens, right? You have one kid and you feel different than child-free people. And then all those, most of those people end up having more kids. And then you feel like you don't fit in with child-free and you don't feel like you fit in with people with multiples. And mm-hmm. so at the end of the day, none of us want to be isolated. And that's the fear, right? Like I'm alone and I'm isolated and I'm lonely. Cause like, it is like a weird experience. So we compare ourselves to others so we don't feel so fucking alone and figure out where the hell we're doing and why we're doing this. And, you know, people tend to make comments specifically about like big life choices that are different than their own because it brings up a lot for them, right? That they made this specific decision. And so the idea that you would make a different decision, they start projecting their own stuff. And so in a decision that is already so big to hear someone say, oh, well, you are in this category and you are alone if you don't have another child, you know, can further make you feel even more isolated, whereas it's completely okay to make a decision for yourself and your family. and you know, separate it out from what would be right from for someone else. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode of Shrink Chicks. I'm going to give you a ton of external validation. You are great. You are grand. You are wonderful. Thank you very much for listening to Shrink Chicks. I'm so great. I'm so proud of you. It was amazing. That's so good. <laughs> Once again, we have immediate openings in California. We would love to connect you with our amazing new therapist, Alyssa. We have openings, some openings in Westchester, Pennsylvania. We're going to have. We're going to have. Yeah, soon we have some new com- hires. Yes. They're coming in. Um, still some um, written house all over. Lots of now there's even more states that like if I tried to list them now, it would take up this entire thing. There's too many. Reach out, fill out a contact form at the therapy group, and we can let you know yes. if we uh, can set you up with one of our incredible therapists. And if not, we can give you referrals. Yes, to we have tons else. of referrals. We try to we don't try to give anyone, send anyone um, away. Hey, you can always follow, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever the heck you listen to this stuff. We hope you continue. Follow us in Trick Chicks or The Therapy Group. You can always check out thetherapygroup.com to find a wonderful therapist, um, like we mentioned before. And uh, don't forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you next week on Trick Chicks. Bye.